0: Welcome to the Pop Culture Put Podcast. Now let's begin.
1: podcast listener and welcome to the pop culture pub podcast i'm your host this week my name is chris lockhart and joining me is my co-host in crime mr kevin decent how's it going kevin
2: oh chris i'll say at the time of this recording going well but um i i i think we're old men now chris i'm I'm studying weather patterns Mm -hmm. um it's going to be uh near 50 Fahrenheit here tomorrow, as we record tomorrow. Okay. Um, but then that's going to mess up our temperature to go from, like, 30 to 50 in a day, pretty much, mm-hmm. for a 20-degree difference. <coughs> so then we're supposed to have wind storms because of it. And then uh, apparently uh, you guys are going to send us um, a storm sometime then to this week, the start of next week.
1: Yeah, it's probably the one we just had. Um, it's probably making its way east. Um, and speaking of crazy weather, at the time of this recording, so this is the 29th of November, um, there's like a 5.2 earthquake. Um, not too far from where I, like, it, it, I think, originated about five hours north of where I live. Um, really, but the the tremors were felt uh an hour north of 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 where I live um and all the, like so if anyone's looking at a map and supposedly it origin I don't know all the details yet because this was like breaking news at the six o'clock news hour uh it seems to have originated in Peace River, which is like northern western side of alberta but it was felt all the way over at fort mcmurray which is like on the other side of the province on the eastern side northern eastern side and then it was felt like i said like an hour from here and um some of my daughter's friends said they could they felt something in town here so i I didn't feel anything myself but um I know I, I have a lot of friends that live in Swan Hills and they were all, you know, asking, Did you did anyone feel that? Am I going crazy? And yeah, apparently it was an earthquake, which is extremely rare for Alberta and very rare at this time of year. So yeah.
2: I'd say you're not you're not really on a fault line or near one, are you?
1: No no, not not as far as I know. Um <clears throat> I know there has been some earthquakes due to oil field activity, um, yeah, like, like fracking and stuff. But nothing, yep. nothing to this scale. Like, especially this, yeah, the distance. Uh, like I said, it originated like five hours north of
2: where I live.
0: Huh.
2: Um, so yeah, it, it's crazy. <clears throat> so now, have have you ever experienced an earthquake yourself? You
1: know what's funny is, apparently I did, but I don't remember it. Um, it was when, in 1994, we were in California at Disneyland. No, sorry, Universal Studios. Apparently the day when we were at Universal Studios, there was an earthquake, but I don't remember this at all. Like, I was 14 years old. Um, But we were on rides and stuff, so maybe something happened and we didn't notice. I, I just remember... Uh, you know, because back in those days we didn't have cell phones and stuff. Uh, my mom calling my grandma and grandpa, and them freaking out because they were worried that something happened to us. Um, but yeah, we didn't even remember it. How? What? What about you, Kev? Have you yeah.
2: experienced two? Yeah, two small ones um, that I'm aware of, and the only reason I'm aware of them is because at the at both times I happen to be inside uh, watching TV. Okay. And I thought, why is the TV moving a different direction than the wall is moving? Yeah. Like, I, I, I thought, you know, I'd been watching TV too long and my eyes went cross-eyed or something. I, I Both times, that's what I thought was going on.
0: Yeah.
2: And then I realized, oh, my God, it's an earthquake. But neither time was enough to, like, really rattle. Thing. You know, you see, like, the footage on TV when, like, yeah. California has a big one or something like that. Yep. it wasn't that level. It was probably like a two or a three. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if I was outside, I probably wouldn't have noticed it. But because I was looking at what should have been a fixed object that wasn't fixed anymore, that's the only reason I could tell something was up. Yeah. And this was in New York? Like New York State? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. One was where I live right now and one was further north. Huh. And uh, yeah, like a two or a three. And that. Same thing, it's just, it's so rare in this area Mm -hmm. that, you know, and and that's why it's such a small one, too. Yeah. But, yeah, it happens occasionally. Yeah.
1: Yeah, No, uh, I know there's a town, it's about two and a half hours north of here, uh, it's called Fox Creek, and I know they've had earthquakes before, which they figure is related to uh, drilling, Um. So, anyway, the drill companies, apparently it's in their, uh, I don't know, mandate or whatever, that um, if their drilling causes earthquakes, they'll stop drilling. But then they countered and said, well, can you prove it was us that caused the earthquake? And then they didn't stop. Yeah. You know, so, I don't know. Silly. But, uh, yeah, hopefully, that, hopefully that's the end of it. Because, yeah, like, it's, we got to... Uh, Not a crazy snowstorm, but a bit of a snowstorm the last, like I want to say, Sunday night into Monday. Uh, First it started with rain, then it snowed, so that was awesome. Um, But uh, now it's just a little bit of light snow. It's it's not too bad. But, anywho, um, I just want to throw it out there. Uh, Lillian, unfortunately, won't be joining us this evening. Um she has other other uh obligations at the time of this recording and ragnar is getting prepared to go to the butter dome in edmonton for their big craft sale um so if you're in so this weekend at the time of this release of this episode uh this weekend coming up if uh you're in edmonton and you want to meet ragnar he'll be at the butter dome so uh be sure to check that out um yeah, a couple weeks ago, uh, Ragnar was in Edmonton again. And I had no idea, but I should have known. Uh, because I recorded an episode with Ragnar, uh, and he mentioned that he was going to the show or whatever. But in my brain, I for some reason, I thought I was working that weekend, so it, I, it didn't even register to me to even like think about checking it out. And then it was like, yeah... Um, not this last Saturday, but the Saturday before, I get a a text from my father-in-law who says, uh, you know, he's at the Geek Show, and I had no idea what he was talking about. I was like, oh, cool. You know, where's that at? He's like, it's in Edmonton at the Aviation Museum. I'm like, oh, okay. He's like, Ragnar's not here. I'm like, oh, I I didn't realize he was supposed to be there. And he's like, you guys talked about it on your show. I listened to your show. (laughs) And, And I was like, oh. Well, I don't actually listen to my show, <laughs> but, um, yeah. no, I, I, for, like I said, when Ragnar was talking about this, I, for some reason I thought I was working. So I, I, di- I didn't even think to like make a mental note to check it out or anything. Uh, but I guess Ragnar was sick that weekend. So, uh, his, uh, girlfriend Shay was, was running the show, uh, for him and he was stuck in the hotel room cause he was just too sick. Um. But, uh, so if you, if you went there and you didn't see Ragnar, he'll be here at the Butter Dome because he's, he's feeling better. So be sure to check that out. That's in Edmonton this weekend coming up, I guess it would be December 2nd to the 4th, I believe. Or maybe it's even the 1st to the 4th. Maybe it's a four day thing. I, I, I'm not entirely sure, but you know, look on, look on the, on the Google to check that out. Um... Alright, so this episode, actually, I tailored this episode, hoping that Ragnar and Shay were going to be on because um, this is one of the topics that piqued their interest. So it's something we will definitely revisit, but we already rescheduled this recording. So we're just going to go with it, and and there's going to be more, there's going to be like a part two of this at some time. So we're going to be talking about some, I called them more conspiracy theories, because I'm not entirely, I think we've done this episode before, but I'm not entirely sure. So, I, I asked uh, Kevin uh, to bring two conspiracy theories, and I brought two as well, uh, that we have read or seen something about. Um, so, Kevin, what's your first conspiracy theory?
2: Oh, you're going to make me go first. All right. <laughs> Okay. Um, and I was trying to remember if we had done it before too. I went back about two or three years in the archive and I didn't see it, but that doesn't mean it's not older than that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, yeah, I could have, I know I've talked about UFOs and all that kind of stuff previously. So, but I'm
2: not exactly sure where. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, and apologies to any listeners. Um, For myself, some of this is off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it's it's stuff I'm aware of and have looked into, but I don't have, like, facts and dates and stuff in front of me. Yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, So, Chris, are you aware of the rumor, the conspiracy theory, that it is actually 1722, not 2022?
1: No, I don't think I've heard
2: this one. Okay. Okay, so you have, you know, uh, your Catholic expansion in Europe, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, you know Holy Roman Empire yeah. in that era. Yep. And whoever was Pope, I believe, at the time, um, around in the seven hundreds. Okay thought, you know, to really cement my legacy here, it'd be awesome if I could say I was Pope of the year 1000. And then I could say, you know, I was divinely chosen and everything for that and really push forward our agendas here. But unfortunately, it's the year 700, so I can't say it's the year 1000. Yeah. Then somehow the idea became, well, The vast majority of our people can't read or write, so they don't actually know what year it is. Mm -hmm. They only know what we tell them. All right. Well, let's just tell them it's the year 1000 then. So they changed the calendar to say it was the year 1000. And now had to make up 300 years of history. Mm Mm-hmm. So your stories that we don't have a lot of evidence for that seem like tall tales, fiction, heroics, almost comic booky to a certain level, like King Arthur and yeah. Charlemagne, yeah. were created to give a false sense of history to this now missing and added 300 years. Hmm. So that's why some of the stuff like Charlemagne is like, there's, well, there's no way that all of this could have happened in one person's life, especially a lifespan back then. Yeah. You know, as our lifespans get longer, but, yeah, you know, they were shorter then. But if you go along with the calendar and the date moved and we're just making it up as we go along. Then you can understand how here are the stories and we didn't actually do you know the math or logic to make sure everything lines up here Mm -hmm. and when you go with well how how did we have certain things jump in you know we, we got certain things of we created you know fire and wheels and written text and money and math and you know physics and and philosophy and all then we got the dark ages where nothing happened for some strange reason well maybe nothing happened because those years didn't exist yeah like maybe you know it's the dark ages because it didn't actually exist and that's why it seems like this lull in human now i say evolution but progression yeah so a lot of stuff like starts making sense when you go along with it yeah now one of the big things is your Asian countries calendars counter this for Mm -hmm. the most part. But that's about the only opposite calendar other than European because, you know, that your European explorers wiped out any other civilization that may have had a calendar. Yeah. So no, it's uh, you know my 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 Catholic self really gets going on. it. like God, I could see it happening. I could just uh, I could I could see people wanting to do this and and manipulating it and all and you taking advantage of the lack of education of their mm-hmm. um uh, uh, I don't know countrymen, subordinates, whatever. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's nuts, it's a little out there, but it's a fun one that I like to, you know, anytime something new comes up for it, someone has a new wrinkle, I like to explore it.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'll i definitely check this out, because it, it does sound interesting. Like, I could totally see something like this actually happening, because,
0: <clears throat>
1: you know, uh, when you take, you know, yeah, for, for uh, you know, uh, using the Bible as an example, Um. One of the reasons why I don't put all my faith in what the Bible is saying is because for years it was you know hand scribed there was no printing presses, there was no you know hard copies, um, it, you know it was only the, the you know the priests at you know these churches that actually had a Bible and it was chained to the to the altar and it was locked and you couldn't you know people couldn't read it and um so you know for i think you know for this book you know people have added things to it over the years over the centuries right because i mean it's an old book um and who's to say what was added and what wasn't um cuz yeah like 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 you said like back in those days Um, yeah, people just didn't, they weren't educated. A lot of people couldn't read, couldn't write. Um, they just did as they were told, you know, a lot, a lot of the, you know, uh, churches and the, you know, the faith, they were the ones that were telling people what to think and what to believe. So I can totally see this conspiracy being true. Um, I'm just wondering if there's some sort of scientific way of proving it.
2: <clears throat> That's the like your your Chinese and your Japanese calendars <clears throat> pretty much line up that it's 2022, yeah. With their histories. Oh, okay. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so it's but your your European ones and your and this isn't to knock on any Catholics. Listen, I'm Catholic as well, but yeah, there's there's a lot of shady stuff along the way. Oh, yeah. And it doesn't take that much effort to look into it. Yep. I mean, geez, like my my grandparents, so you know, were two generations removed, grew up with the mass in Latin. And my mm. parents were around when it switched over. And yeah. so they still remember parts of the Mass in Latin. So yeah, like you're saying, you have a book that you don't allow a you know, your your <clears throat> worshippers to actually read. Yep. And then when you do you have a mass in a language that most of them don't understand. They can repeat it, but they don't know what they're saying. Yeah. You could teach me to repeat a song in, you know, French, but it doesn't mean I understand what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. No, that's a good one. Um, I I will
1: definitely check that out. Um, All right. So for my first conspiracy theory, um, and I didn't actually realize this was a thing until this summer. I've seen a, a YouTube video about it, but apparently there's a, a conspiracy theory out there that Avril Lavigne, the Canadian singer songwriter, <laughs> uh, died yep. in 2003 and was replaced by a double named Melissa. And some people believe that Melissa might even be a clone. Um, Okay, so the story goes that, um, you know, like, what we all remember Avril Lavigne when she first started, um, you know, she was, you know, the, the skater girl, she, yeah, she wore, um, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, oh, like, not revealing clothes, she wore, you know, she, she wore the tie around her neck, and, um you know, she just, she, she didn't show a lot of skin, right, um, and apparently, you know, she was very shy with the paparazzi, uh, she didn't like doing interviews, all that kind of thing, and then I think it was around, yeah, 2003-ish, uh, she started to change, you know, she was doing, uh, revealing, you know, photo shoots, she did a, you know, photo shoot with Maxim magazine, which was a big, you know, big deal back in the day, um, And like her next, you know, cause she, she, she was, you know, she didn't want to be like Britney Spears or, uh, or, uh, Christina Aguilera, that type of music. But then her next CD was a little bit more poppy. She had that girlfriend's on, um, she was doing interviews. Like I said, she was wearing more revealing clothing. Um, and yeah, it's, she seemed to change. Right. And there's this, theory that um the the studio hired this lookalike named Melissa to basically go out to the award shows to to do the photo shoots and do this all all this other stuff while Avril actually stayed in the studio recorded did all that kind of stuff which is not unusual consider you know considering like Milli Vanilli like what happened with them right uh or um uh, who there was an, there was another uh, one where they had a fake person. Oh, who was that again? Anyway. Um, so, and then the theory goes that the real Avril uh, may have been depressed and may have committed suicide. And then this uh, Melissa basically just took her spot, you know, because she gets saying, And and everything as well. Um, And that's why you see this big change in Avril. And then there's also an an addition to this theory. um, Because there's another theory that she died later um, as well. uh, Because she contracted Lyme disease in 2014. And she was bedridden for like five months. Uh, So some people believe that she actually died then too. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I don't think this is true at all. Um, I think with Avril, like, I mean, when she started, uh, you know, singing and, and, uh, her first CD and stuff, I think she was like 18 or 19 years old. You know, she was a, you know, young woman. She was, you know, this was a new thing for her, you know, being a celebrity and all that kind of stuff. But I think, you know, as she started hanging out with other celebrities, And like with most people, you know, you get comfortable in your own skin, you know, Um, you know, she's willing to show, you know, more, you know, more skin and and I'm sure, um, you know, the record labels and her, her uh, producers and stuff were like, well, you know, if you were a little bit more revealing, you might attract more guys to, you know, to your music and you know, they probably talked her into it. And and like I said, you know, as you get older, you get comfortable with things. And, you know, I think it was just, a, I honestly, I think it's just natural progression. I don't, I don't think she was cloned or, or anything. Um, and, and I mean, even to now, she looks pretty good for her age. Cause I think she's like 40. Um, but you know, she, I don't think she's ever had children either. So, um, cause you know, uh, it, you know, it's kind of like Jennifer Aniston, like, everyone's like, ooh, you know, Jennifer Aniston, she looks so good, you know, she doesn't age, and and I'm like, yeah, but she's never actually had kids, you know, like, so, like you know, having children changes a woman's body, um, and if you've never had them, then, you know, you don't go through that change, um, so I think that's why Avril maintains her youthful appearance same with Jennifer Aniston but so yeah anyway that was the theory that that Avril Lavigne died and that she was replaced by either a, a double or a clone and uh yeah I just I, I found it a uh fun conspiracy theory and like I said there's a video on YouTube I think it's done by a YouTuber named Sloan and yeah you know because there's this whole theory behind this uh one music video she did um, where she talks about dying and stuff, and they actually think like, you know, they're actually talking about the real Avril dying in it, so anyway. Uh, What about you, Kev? Do you you think uh, Avril's a clone?
2: No. um, Now, at first, I'm like, this whole thing doesn't make sense. Now, when you said she may have had someone that went out and did public appearances. Now that I could see. Yeah. I could absolutely see that. Hey, I, I don't want to do this. Um, someone just needs to go out there, look like me, smile and wave. Yep. And this girl looks just like me. I could absolutely see that happening in celebrity dumb, you know, absolutely. But if something happened to Avril, nothing against her. But it's just Avril Lavigne. Yeah. If she died, you know, it's sad. Moving on. There would be no reason to continue to have an Avril Lavigne out there. It's not that much money. Honestly, it'd probably make more money if she died. You know, whoever owns the rights to the music. Yeah. Now, if, and I don't think they did, but you got the... um, Legend that Paul McCartney died and there's been a replacement, and all. Mm-hmm. If one of the Beatles died back then, peak Beatles, I could absolutely see we're going to replace them with a lookalike yeah. because we got a whole lot of money on this. This is the biggest band in the world, and still one of, if not the, depending yes. on your argument, biggest yeah. band in history. One of them's dead. What can we do to pretend like he's not dead and keep the money flowing? Yeah. I could absolutely see that for yeah. something of that level, but Avril Lavigne, like, no, what's what's the matter? And and you're right that she like she looks like she's in her twenties somehow. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's genetics, makeup, you know, whatever there. Um, Jennifer Aniston, like you're bringing up, I think she's in her fifties now, mm-hmm. or maybe she just turned fifty, yep. and Looks unreal. Yeah. Like, you know, re- remember when we were in our, like, our teens and thought 50 was old? <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, and now... <laughs> being in your 50s was, like, Blanche off good. the
1: Golden Girls. Yeah. You know? Like, I I, I, yep. I, I think I've mentioned this part. I think Rue McClenahan was, like, 55 or something
2: when the Golden Girls started. Yeah. 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 Like,
1: that's crazy. Yeah.
2: And we're acting like they're in like their 70s or something on the show, if not older. Yeah. Um, but someone like Jennifer Aniston, like, it, it, no, she didn't have kids or stuff, but her job is to just look pretty. Yep. I mean, yes, she's an actress, but, you know, all these advertisements and magazine photo shoots and, you know, commercials and stuff like that, her job is to look pretty. Mm. And, you know, in, in, in our 50s if either one of us had like a multi-million dollar team around us to do the exercise and the, yeah, the diets, and, 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 and... you know, medicine and, and diet and yeah. yeah, cook your food for you and everything. Like we'd look pretty great too. <laughs> yeah. that Yeah. That is true. Yep.
1: But all right. Well, Kevin, what, what's the second conspiracy
2: on your list? Okay. Again, I don't, you know, I don't have certain details correct here. Um, so there is a rumor conspiracy theory that it is known within certain branches of United States government. What happened to Amelia Earhart? Mm. However, certain people that were involved in certain decisions or cover-ups or whatever are still alive. And whenever they're dead and thus don't have to answer for anything under, like, a U.S. Freedom of Information Act thing, it will be revealed what happened to her. Yeah. Now, the big rumor conspiracy theory is during her flight, or before she took off, don't know if she knew about it, don't know if she was, like, a willing participant or if it just Someone else did it, but sp- the U.S. government put spy cameras on her plane. Hmm. And when she flew over Japan. Yeah. Yeah. And had to make a landing, refueling landing or something like that. I forget what. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, maybe they told her to, you know, to put the plane down. Discovered said cameras. And held her. Now, the conspiracy and the theories go in a couple different directions from there. There's one idea that when she was brought down, landed, whatever, she was killed immediately. There's another idea that the um, United States government was made aware, mounted a rescue mission, and she died during the rescue. Um, but there are people and stories of this white woman in this area might even be a picture floating around out there that no one can really confirm a hundred percent of there is a woman that, you know, if you had to guess, you know, what Amelia looked like at this point, mm-hmm. it lines up and the timelines up and everything. And who else would be there if not her? Yeah. But we have either like a covert spy operation um, or a botched rescue attempt. Either way, you killed America's sweetheart at the time Mm -hmm. or contributed to her death. You don't want to admit that, so it just got covered up for decades now. And as soon as enough time has passed and you know, anyone that had anything to do with this at any step along the way is gone and probably a couple years after that, then they'll reveal like, oh, we just found this information and had no idea about it. Yeah. And eventually reveal the truth. Now there is another theory too that um she crashed or landed, I forget which um and was eaten by crabs. Hmm. Like this island's known for like these swarms of crabs that will eat anything that they find on the ground. You know, so if, if an animal, you know, stumbles and dies or whatever, they'll just start eating it right away and it can't even get back up from it. So apparently that's in the list too. Now, Hmm. I, I, I absolutely think that someone knows what happened, and it's just not been revealed. Now, I don't know how crazy it is, but I really believe that someone knows exactly what happened to her and, and the true ending of the story, and for whatever reason, it's just not publicly known yet.
1: Yeah, Um. so refresh my memory. Like, she, she disappeared pre-World War II?
2: Um, oh my gosh, Chris, I'm not that good. Let Uh, me see here.
1: Yeah, I can't remember. Um,
2: 1939,
1: so yeah. So yeah, so pre-World War II, so I could definitely see, you know, especially what what we know now with Pearl Harbor and everything, I could definitely see Japan, you know, obviously they had their sights set on the U.S., And if they, you know, found spy cameras on her plane, I could definitely see them doing something about it. Like, definitely. And then I can also see the U.S. government denying responsibility or any knowledge of this as a matter of national security. Um, so to me, this one doesn't seem that far-fetched. Um... The unfortunate thing about the Amelia Earhart thing is, I mean, she could have easily just crashed in the ocean, and we would never know, because it's just so vast. Um, yeah. You know, whereas if she had disappeared, you know, say, flying over Canada or something, we'd be like, well, something happened. You don't just disappear over Canada, but you can disappear over an ocean. Um but, yeah, no, I could definitely see, yeah, the, you know, U.S. government, especially during that time, you know, because, like I said, you know, if, if Japan's, you know, planning Pearl Harbor, um, you know, they definitely wouldn't take kindly to, you know, someone spying on them when they are, you know, when we know that they're already spying on the U.S.
2: So. Well, um, do you remember Paul Harvey? Yeah, the rest of the story? This, yes. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Paul Harvey had, well, two books that I know of. Uh, the rest of the story and more of the rest of the story or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was um, pretty much just text pieces of stuff he went over on the radio show. Yeah. So, you know, uh, there was tons of stories I learned about from these. I read them in my teens. But... um Oh, crap. where am I going with this? You read Paul Harvey's books? Yep, yep. And I, I was tying it into Amelia Earhart. Oh, no, sorry, Japan. Um so apparently 1939, 1940, something like that, like very much pre well no, probably pre World War Two, pre US getting involved and all. Um The United States held a military training operation at Pearl Harbor to show off what they had, show off the plane, show off the fleet, Mm -hmm. you know, everything. And they invited other countries to see it. So they said, "Okay, well, here's what we're doing. We have all of our stuff ready here. Now, if a fleet came in this direction we're not going to see them coming because of the sunrise and the horizon. So they'll get the jump on us and then we'll do this and then we'll do that and all. So they're explaining how in this war game you could have an attack here and then how they would respond. Well, didn't Japan take all that? And they're like, Oh shit. So if we just fly at this time of day from this angle, you're not going to see us come until it's too late. And we learned that because of you. Yep. So Japan took this war game and that was how they actually did the Pearl Harbor attack. Yep. Yep. So yeah, they were absolutely, yeah, if they suspected a spy plane at all, but then if they found something even worse. Um, HBO did a special on Pearl, uh, on
1: the Pearl Harbor attack and stuff. And they, they actually proved that there was Japanese spies, in the US that were like photographing Pearl Harbor they lived you know in Hawaii and and you know we're doing surveillance for Japan which is unfortunately why they made the um uh the the, the in- uh, internment, internment camps. camps yeah um cuz you know we ne- we never like I remember in school learning about the internment camps cuz we also had them in Canada um, the only, I think the only difference is our, we didn't have barbed wire on ours, our internment camps. Uh, and I, and it was just Western, uh, Canada as far as I know. So anyway, uh, you know, we always thought, you know, in social studies class and stuff that it was, you know, because of racism, you know, like why didn't they have German internment camps? Why, you know, why is, why was there just Japanese internment camps? Like we, you know, we didn't understand that. Uh, but it was because you know, Japan had proven like they knew there was Japan spies in the United States. Uh, you know, living normal lives, you know. Um just regular dudes. Like I, I I know the one spy that they talk about in the documentary, I think he was like a student, like he was a university student. Um so that that's why like they couldn't you know, they didn't trust any any of the Japanese people would, you know, which is unfortunate. And, you know, it's definitely a, you know, dark, dark time in our history, but,
2: uh, but that's why they did it. Well, we had um, it, to tie it back in with flight there. The reason why you didn't have like German internment camps is because you had German and Nazi sympathizers. Like that is true. Yes. pictures. Yeah, there's pictures that came out of, um, you know, uh, came back in the news within the last six years for no reason, I'm sure, of um, like a Nazi rally at Madison Square Garden, I think it was. Yep. And uh, Charles Lindbergh, to bring it around for flight there, was a known one. Yep. And kind of lost some of his uh, uh, luster because of it. Yep.
1: Yeah, and, uh, yeah, I believe that, like, they were actually a part, like, they actually had, I I think they ran in some elections, if if I'm not mistaken, the Nazi party in in the U.S., Um, and I'm assuming they might have been in Canada, too, but I'm not, I'm not entirely sure, but I also know, like, you know, with Canada, um, you know, because we're part of the monarchy, uh, the the, the king that abdicated, uh, was it Edward? Uh, the, the queen's uncle, like he was, he was king and then he stepped aside to marry the, the American actress or whatever. Um, oh, shit. and then, and then Elizabeth's um, dad took over. Elizabeth's dad's name's George. I want to say his name was Edward, but anyway, uh, he was uh, friends with Hitler. Like they, they have pictures of, of him and his wife in Germany, uh, you know, getting the royal treatment. And the and a, another conspiracy theory to to add to this is exactly. that um, Germany, if their idea was if if they took over uh, the United Kingdom, they were going to put Edward back in as king, like he was he would be the king of England again. So, oh. yeah, craziness. Lots of lots of conspiracies out of there. Oh,
2: yeah. <sighs> It's spooky looking back in history and seeing, you know, once all the facts are out and the yep. stories have gone through all of the connections, all of the times that beds were so close to happening, but through chance and accident, it doesn't. Yep. And then realizing that stuff that we've lived through, those history books will be written and mm-hmm. like, we'll discover stuff. I mean, you know, my my parents discovering like stuff about Vietnam, for example. Oh my God, that's what was actually going on. Yeah. You know, and we 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 didn't know at the time. Yep. And then I'm like, yeah, I'll discover stuff too. Um, when I mentioned, and I know you have another pick coming up here. Oh yeah, I don't know. But, Rush, um, I Rush. mentioned to some friends. Yeah, I mentioned to some friends what our top pick was tonight. Mm-hmm and it's very interesting for conspiracy theories because there's some stuff that gets mentioned and I roll my eyes Mm -hmm. immediately. I, I, I won't give it a second of even considering it as maybe real, but then other things I'll sit down and listen for no matter how crazy they are. Yeah. You know, um, and, and some stuff just drives me absolutely insane. And I don't know how people can believe it. And I'm sure I have other things that I believe that people roll their eyes at me for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my my son, it's not really a conspiracy theory, but I'll throw it in here. Um, so I'd said something to my son once, half joking, but half serious. And he asked me about it last week. And I, I just stopped. I go, oh, geez. Yeah. I said, listen when you're in school, here's the correct answer. And I'm going to tell you to answer that way in school. But if you're asking me personally, what I think, this is what I think I said, but don't repeat that in school. Cause you'll just cause trouble for everyone. Yeah. But what I had said offhand to him and he picked up on is it would not shock me to learn that octopus, are not originally from Earth. Hmm. Like, crashed on a meteor or something like that, and then, you know, adapted to ocean life. But when you consider the intelligence, the morphing and reshaping abilities of their body, the camouflage, the fact that they're not like anything else out there. Like, you know, yeah, maybe millions of years ago, there was something that, you know, was on an asteroid or whatever that crashed into the ocean, and survived and multiplied yep like that's not completely absurd but it's just such a weird creature if you told me like you know scientists later on are like yeah we think that this may have come from somewhere else so it when it shocked me yep but as I told him don't say that at school though buddy <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: no that's an interesting one too um, all right well for my last one, the, it's not. I totally don't believe this, but I was gonna just throw this out there uh, because I got in. I've I've actually got into a bit a debate with my
2: dad about this. Oh, I, I almost said was it during Thanksgiving? No, no, um, no. But you you didn't have Thanksgiving last week, like we did. Yeah, <laughs>
1: I wish we had Thanksgiving again, but we didn't. Um, <laughs> No, this was a few years ago. Uh, my dad is one of those people that believes that the moon landing didn't happen. Oh, and I'm like, Dad, seriously? And he's like, Oh, no, they, you know, it was on a sound stage, you know, the blah blah blah. And I, no, like, th- there's no way. I'm like, Do you do you realize that if if the moon landing was faked? it is without a doubt the biggest criminal conspiracy in the history of mankind because NASA isn't just some little, little upstart company, you know, that's only got like 20 employees. You know, NASA's huge, especially back in the sixties, you know, like when, when, you know, the race to the moon was, was prevalent, uh, you know, and, uh, they're trying to beat the Soviets there and all that kind of stuff, like the space race. Um, You gotta, you know, like, not only is it NASA huge, like, they got their Cape Canaveral facility, but they also got their, um, uh, control room or whatever, I can't remember what it's called, um,
2: where, Uh, Houston,
1: Houston, yeah, like, where they, where they, um, receive all the signals and stuff, like, the command centers in Houston, Cape Canaveral's in Florida, so you got those two big facilities, that have literally thousands of people working there, and I'm not even and I'm not even just talking about you know the scientists, but you gotta you know they they would have mechanics, they would have pipe fitters, they would have millwrights, um, welders, they would have housekeeping staff, you know they'd have their janitorial people, they would have uh, the you know laundry people, they would have people. Um, you know the cooks in the kitchen uh the people that are preparing the food um you know the the you know the mailmen the you know the uh, you know all the office administrative assistants like they you know and they all have families there's no way that that could have been faked like you would li- like you would literally um there would be probably, I would say, at least close to a million people involved in a conspiracy like that. There's no way you can, you can fake something like that and it not get out. Um, do I think some of the things that maybe happened were a little shady? Maybe. You know, like by that I mean maybe some of the photographs were, you know, faked. Just because they couldn't get a good picture or you know, like the you know, the most famous one was how did they get the picture of Neil Armstrong walking out if he was the first one on the moon? Someone had to have been taking the picture. Um, but there might have been a camera attached to the that I'm assuming was attached to the uh, Apollo eleven lander that actually took the picture. Or maybe Buzz Aldrin did, you know, take one for the team. You know, or you know, maybe, you know, that picture of Neil Armstrong walking out, maybe he was the first one out, then Buzz Aldrin got out, and then they're like, shit, we got to take a picture. Okay, Neil, go back up there and pretend like you're you're walking out again. And then he took the picture. It's not to say that he still wasn't the first guy. Um, it's just, you know, they needed that that picture. Uh, so there might be a few things like that that are a little, you know, questionable, but the whole moon, the moon landing as a whole, there's no way, absolutely no way it was faked. It, it would, I think, cost more money, and uh, would be h- harder to fake than actually
2: going there. So, yeah. well, there was a MythBusters a few years ago where they took every single one of the moon landing conspiracies and just. Destroyed, destroyed them. Destroyed them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the, it's also because everyone's like, oh, the moon landing's fake, moon landing's fake. And they're all pointing to, you know, the the first one. Yeah. Like, there were other moon landings that happened. Yep. And... Like, uh, it wasn't the only one. So, what, they faked every single one of them? Yeah.
1: Well, and... Now, I... Um, there was that one, I can't remember where this was. And I think it was like late 90s and someone was like yelling at Buzz Aldrin saying, you know, you never went to the moon or whatever. And he punched the guy. Yep. I you know, kudos to him, man. Like I love Buzz Aldrin and he doesn't need to put up with that shit. You know, like he's a he's a you know, I'm not American, but in my opinion, he's an American he's a, an American hero. Uh American treasure, and he deserves all the accolades he gets. Like he,
2: he's, he's a hero. But anyway, yeah, Kevin's. Mean, honestly, yeah, you're in a glorified tin can, a million miles away from anything that anyone else that ever existed on Earth knows, and someone tells you you made it all up. Yeah, you'd punch him in the face. Absolutely. Yep. I, I, you know, every second of my trip was risking my life, and you're going to tell me you think you're going to call me a liar? And um, you're lucky I you don't anymore. Yep. They they did. Uh,
1: Tom was it Tom. H- yeah, Tom Hanks and Ron Howard did a documentary. Not too long ago, I think it was called "To the Moon and Back," where they were talking about the moon landing and stuff. And on it, they show uh, a pre-recorded message uh, from Richard Nixon um, because they didn't know if they were going to live. Or no, that was no, sorry, that was Apollo thirteen. No, no, no. Or was it Apollo eleven? I no,
2: I think it was the moon landing one.
1: Yeah, I th- yeah, but yeah. Where he had because uh, Apollo thirteen was
2: happening so quick. I don't think they could. But I think the moon landing, they had it ready. Because
1: yeah because there were so many things they didn't even know like first of all if they land on the moon they don't know if it's like quicksand you know would they just sink and die they had no idea or you know is uh you know the the um d- moon dust is an explosive you know if it's exposed to air would would it blow you know you know blow up their ship um so Richard Nixon actually recorded a pre-recorded uh, message talking about, um, that they died. because um, I think you couldn't for some reason, I don't know, I guess they couldn't put get them live or something. I don't know. So it was this pre-recorded message saying about how, you know, they didn't survive, um, but they, but then of course he pre-recorded one saying that they've they've landed and you know congratulations, your heroes blah blah blah. I I don't know why they pre-recorded that one where they died though. I. Well,
2: there was maybe he was out of the was country. Deli- there was a delay in getting the from from when the astronauts said anything to it making it back to Earth. There was a delay. Yeah. And there was also, like, all of it didn't go through, um, even, uh, you know, the once, one it's not step. one small step for man, it yep. was one small step for a man, but yep. that cut out, Yep. so no one heard it, you know, um, but I I would be more, because the big thing with people saying, oh, it's made up, is because we haven't been in so long. Yeah. Like I I I don't remember the last one. I may have been alive, but I wasn't old enough to remember any of it or seen it. You know I wanna
1: say seventy two was the
2: last
1: moon landing,
2: I think. Okay, that definitely wasn't. I would have an e I would have an easier time believing that something happened or they saw something. Or learn something. And I'm not even saying aliens. It could be just the terrain. Mm-hmm. The, you know, chemical composition, the landscape. I've, who knows what. But something happened. They're like, we can't be here. Yeah. Because something bad. The more we come to the moon, bad stuff's going to happen. Yeah. You know, I, I could see something. And, and now it's like, okay, we know how to counter that Or. React to it or make it better, whatever, and that's why now the United States is trying to go back to the moon and just did the test rocket last week and everything.
1: Yep. Yeah, no, there and there was a movie that came out in the two thousands. I want to say it was called Apollo eighteen. Um, that was a good, that was a fun horror movie. It was like one of those like a Blair Witch Project type of thing where. Um. I think it was, you know, because they were filming, you know, the landing on the moon, and then the, there was, like, an alien there, and yeah. it, it was. It, I didn't mind it. It was okay. Um, all right. Well, like I said, you know, we, this is definitely a topic that we're going to come back to. Um, so uh, we'll move on to our brain candy segment. And this is the segment where we talk about things that we're reading... Uh, watching, so on and so forth. Kevin, what do you got this week for Brain Candy?
2: Alright, did I mention The Woods last time? I can't remember.
1: Yes, I think. So that's... Oh, I'm I'm blanking on the the writer. Uh, James Tinian. Yes, yep.
2: Yep. Yep. Okay. Alright, so I did that already. Okay. Um, So the biggest thing I think then... Has been uh, my my kid was watching DC stuff. Yeah, you know, we watched most of the animated movies. Yep, and he was bouncing between stuff. Um, we were doing Teen Titans in order, mm-hmm. and then we got doing Teen Titans Go. And then he did a couple of Batman Brave and the Bold, but yeah, you know, we would do like maybe one of those a night. And I don't mean one of each. I mean just one and then move on to something else. But I thought, all right, we got time. You know, there's not that much Teen Titans or Brave and Bold overall. There's 300 episodes of Teen Titans Go, so that'll take a while. Yep. But then out of nowhere, and I, my best guess is he will find these YouTube videos and it's like uh, the evolution of Robin in animation. So they'll start mm-hmm. with like the Hanna-Barbera um Super New Adventures of Batman, Art or of Batman, yeah, yeah. Superfans, or whatever, yeah, and then move all the way up to anything going on today. So he was seeing stuff for different versions of Robin. So he starts playing Young Justice. Now, I never, I I think I watched the first episode when it premiered because okay, it's a DC superhero show, and it premiered in like 2011, I think maybe, so you know, give or take, and. We're watching the first one. I'm like, okay, I kind of remember this. You know, it was getting the teenagers all set up. And, it, you know, I didn't hate it, but I just, I, I never, you know, DVR'd it or sought it out on Cartoon Network or whatever. I just, if it was on, cool. But I didn't get into it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then they did two seasons back then, like 2011, 2012, give or take. Um, canceled it. When DC did their online portal, DC Nation, where you could watch any DC property stuff and read their comics, they did a third season. Then when that got absorbed into HBO Max, they did a fourth season this year or last year. And and now that's it. Mm -hmm. So they do time jumps on the show because of all of this, too. Like season one into two is a five year time jump. And you spend half the season trying, like, going, okay, what happened? Why are all the pieces moved around on the board here? And you gotta get, like, they slowly reveal the story to you and what happened over the last five years. And then there's a year, a year jump and a two year jump, I think, something like that. We're in middle season three right now. But it is, like, yeah, you can watch one episode here or there, but they build and build and build and they are tackling so many subjects on here, in addition to, you know, your grand big bad guy of the season <clears throat> story arc. Yeah. But it has got to be one of the best superhero shows I have ever seen in my life. At this point, I'm putting it right up next to Batman and Justice League. Nice. Huh. It is that good. The first season, like... When you start realizing the the teenage stuff that they're tackling mm-hmm. and they're doing it in that good sci-fi lens of, you know, OK, we're not going to beat you over the head with the message. We're going to tell the story through this, you know, much like start original Star Trek did for stuff. Yeah, we're going to make our point and tell the story through the fiction. But if you're smart enough, you'll know what we're doing. So they do a story with Superboy. Where. You know, it's it's like, it's in the background and then the forefront for a few episodes in the first season. And out of nowhere, I realized, I'm like, oh my God, this is their drug storyline. This is absolutely, you know, Superboy something happens. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not drugs, they're not doing that, but they are in their own way. Yeah. And how it affects him and his relationships with everyone. I thought this is amazing. Um, Ms. Martian being a shapeshifter Mm -hmm. and a teenager very much goes through an identity crisis. Hey, here's what my body is supposed to look like. Here's what I'm comfortable with my body looking like, but I'm also a teenager and I keep changing that too. And it doesn't mean I'm, not who I was yesterday and it doesn't mean I'm still not your teammate and your friend, but I'm figuring out who I am and you gotta be patient with me. I thought, holy crap, this is supposed to be a kid's show, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh stuff for their relationships, for identity, for teamwork, for for anger, for you know, sometimes I want to be by myself, and sometimes I want to be with friends. Um, Hey, I want to be a teenager and a kid, but I also want the adults in the room to respect me as an equal. Yeah. So much on here. And now with uh, the third season and the stuff we're doing and everything, I'm also having a big moment between... I'm realizing between, like... Young Justice and things that DC always goes for, and also my kid... Uh, when did we do it? I can't remember if we record an episode, but uh, we finally watched both versions of Justice League within, like, 24 hours. Oh, okay. So we did the Joss Whedon two-hour cut and the Zack Snyder four-hour cut. Yeah. Like, one at night, one the next morning. Um. And, and, you know, there's so much Marvel stuff and all, but I'm also realizing more and more how much your media and I mean the movies and cartoons and TV shows of DC and Marvel Mm -hmm. would have nothing to use for these stories without Jack Kirby. Yeah. Because obviously Marvel is, you know, other than Spider-Man, he built Marvel. Yep. Pretty much. But DC, for their movies and their cartoons and their epics, relies so much on Fourth World. Yep. On Dark Side, on Apocalypse, on the New Gods, all that stuff. They rely so much on that for everything because there's no bigger bad than Dark Side in DC. Yep. And all that comes with them. Yep. That if you pull that away, they do not have a big bad. They don't have, uh, like, yeah, you got Luther, you got Joker, you got, you know, Triton, stuff like that. Yep. But there's yeah. nothing of that level. And then all of the side characters that come along with it. Yep. Like, it's, it's, yep. as much as I, you know, absolutely love Stan Lee a- and, you know, so many other creators and, uh, you know, Steve Ditko with Spider Man and all, but. God, without Kirby, we would have none of the stuff we have today. Yeah. None of it. Yeah, no, I was trying to explain that to my kid too. I'm like, okay, Stanley was, you know, you know who Stanley is because of, you know, um, all of his cameos and stuff like that. He's well aware of who Stanley is. I'm like, Jack Kirby died in, she's 93, maybe, I think. 94. We can guess 93, maybe. Okay, 94. Yeah. And he also wasn't looking to be the public face anyways. You know, that wasn't his deal. And, you know, you see, like, DC didn't know what to do with him and threw him on the Super Friends comic adaptation for the cartoon. Yeah. You know, they didn't like how he did Superman, so they had someone draw over top of him. Yep. Like, crazy stuff. And now I just, I have this whole appreciation for it. Through my kid, which is so crazy. Yeah. But through... Watching this stuff with him, I have such a new or extra respect for it all.
1: Yeah, me too. Yeah, no, Jack Kirby, he's... As I get older and I learn more and more about him, and just, like, his work ethic and and just how much he put out, it's amazing. It really is. Like, it, you know, especially if you can uh, find original artwork from him that wasn't inked, because unfortunately... A lot. I wouldn't say a lot of his work, but some of his work I think got uh, hampered down by bad inking. Um, yes. And you know, if you can like, if you can see some of his original artwork that is untouched, it's amazing just how talented that man was. And he was doing you know at some t- sometimes like three or four titles a month, mm-hmm. um, and helping with others. You know, like doing layouts for other people. To, you know on other titles like he was literally drawing like seven days a week for many years like
2: yeah yeah and just you you look at that style now yeah I, and, and it's nothing against any artist like whatever your style is and your yeah. comfort and everything <clears throat> so you can produce work of course go ahead yeah but um you know you You'll see people now and they got, you know, uh, they don't even have pages that they can ink over because it's all done digitally. Even their pencils are digital pencils. Yep. You know, um, and you have them that's like, oh, I got my studio and I got my music blaring and, you know, I'm in my T-shirt and jeans or T-shirt and shorts. You know, uh, just out of my house or whatever. And then you see Kirby and like 10 other artists on one open floor of this building and they're all in like button up shirts and suits and smoking cigars all day. Yeah. Well, and Kirby
0: for
1: the the most part worked out of his house, like in, in his basement, he called it the dungeon. Um, he had a little, you know, a little TV. He had a bunch of sci-fi books and I think one window and that was like it. And then, yeah, when he would go into Marvel studios, To deliver his finished pages, a lot of times he would end up staying to help other artists, um, you know, with layouts or, or, you know, finishing books. Um, And and it's not just even like his artistic contributions. It's what he went through, you know, fighting for his, you know, for his rights and and all that. And he really inspired a lot of people like, you know, like all the uh, image guys. You know, every one of them, you know, they, the reason why they left Marvel is like, if they can, you know, they were of the opinion, if they can screw over Jack Kirby, they can screw over anybody and we're not going to let them do that to us. So he was like a hero to them, um, and an inspiration. So we, you know, we wouldn't like, honestly, yeah. Like the the modern comic books wouldn't be what they are today without, you know, either people being influenced Directly by Jack Kirby's work or influenced by, um, you know, what he went through and what he fought for. Um, yeah, like pretty, you know, like, you know, we just had a Black Panther movie, you know, he, he was, uh, the guy that, uh, co-created Black Panther, um, you know, what, you know he worked on namor back in the day you know he didn't create namor but you know he he worked on namor um yeah captain america you know like like but yeah yeah he he's he's a really uh uh, an amazing guy and and yeah like when it comes to um you know when people talk about stanley and stuff oh you know stanley created you know uh the Hulk, or you know, Stanley. You know, it's like I have to correct him. It's like no, he co-created. You know, there's Jack Kirby too. Like he was, you know, just as just as important as Stan was in a lot of respects. But,
2: yeah, and and it, I I do believe that Stanley didn't purposely diminish Jack Kirby. I think it was so many interviewers. Because Kirby didn't do interviews, so they're talking to Stan Lee, so they're going to talk about Stan Lee. But you do see him, you know, he does always mention the artists, he does always mention other creators, but that's not the narrative that whoever he's being interviewed by goes with.
1: Well, and yeah. And And so what are you going to do?
2: And you got to consider Stan's
1: position, too. Like, I mean, he was the head of the company, and, you know, Kirby you know was fighting against that company a lot of, you know for a lot of years yeah um so he couldn't really you know sing his praises as much as he may have wanted to and not only that but stan you know his whole break into comics was based on nepotism because his uncle uh was martin goodman he was the yeah. you know the, the 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 publisher and owner of of uh, timely comics And Stan needed a job, so he gave Stan a job, and that's where he, you know, like, so Marvel's, you know, ingrained, was ingrained in Stan. Like, it was, like, almost like a family business for him in a lot of respects. And, and,
2: I mean, we don't get the stuff without both of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, they both contributed crazy energy and ideas and everything. But we needed both of them. It's just, yep. you know, the older we get, the more, you know, you appreciate Stan right away. He's yep. everyone's uncle or grandpa or whatever, you know, yep. but Jack Kirby's like a slow burn Yeah, where the older you get, the more and more you appreciate him. Yeah.
1: And yeah, like, I mean, when they were coming up to, I mean, there's a lot of politics involved. Um, you know they could only publish so many titles and you know there was promises that were made that couldn't be kept because you know for certain reasons like you know um the inhumans for example like that he, you know that was a big kirby project that you wanted you know to spearhead but because they could only they were only allowed to you know because their distributor would only distribute like eight titles or whatever uh you know they the they were going to let him do an Inhumans comic, but then the publisher was like, no, you can't, we're not going to let you do a ninth title. So, you know, they had to like, he had to cut up his story and put it like, you know, in the issues of, you know, as a, as a second story on Fantastic Four. Um, Because he could, you know, he couldn't get a title because of the publisher, you know, because the distributor wouldn't let them. Right. So, yeah, there's, 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 it's, it's, it's a fascinating history. Uh, Marvel Comics and and you know Stan Jack and and all them, but yeah, those two are definitely the backbone of what we consider Marvel Comics. And honestly, like now, what the what the movies are, you know, is, is, is attributed to them greatly.
2: Yeah, you, we we don't get everything we have now without both of them. Yeah, but you know, I mean, Stan Lee didn't. Create, th- I mean, yes, he did some work, but he didn't create things for DC. But you know, Kirby did, and I, yep. and I see it more and more. Like the this Young Justice one, we're watching it, and I see characters show up, and I said, I don't know who the hell these people are. Well, it was the freaking Forever people. Oh, okay, yeah. And I thought I have never read a single panel of them. I know nothing about them, and I am fascinated now. And I was like, "Oh, that's just another Kirby thing." Yep. Yeah, I know one
1: one book I want to go back and read is his run on Jimmy Olsen. Um,
2: uh, yeah, God, I like that so much more now than I did when I was younger.
1: Yeah, because like, uh, what was a who was it, Matt Fraction just a few years ago did a did a run uh you know superman's pal jimmy olsen which was fantastic one it was like one of my favorite books coming out at the time and you know it was very heavily influenced on kirby's run so i really want to go back and and you know uh, reread those or read those books for the first time but anywho uh kevin did you have anything else for for brain candy
2: no, no, that's my big one. I mean, I'm always watching way too much wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, well, for me,
1: uh, I started watching Star Trek Strange New Worlds again. I watched the first episode when it first came out, and then I kind of drifted off. So I've, I've watched a couple more episodes, and i got to say, out of the new Star Trek, this is definitely a step in the right direction. Um, you know, I just... I put it in my head that this is not a, you know, this is not the Roddenberry Berman Star Trek. This is its own thing. Anson Mounted I think is doing an excellent job as Captain Pike. Um, I don't know the actor's name, but I know he's from Calgary. He plays the A.N.R. chief engineer. He is amazing. Like, that guy is awesome. I really like that character. Um, and everyone else is doing okay. Um... You know, I still don't see Spock and Ethan Peck, but you know, I'm telling my, you know, I keep telling myself this is not my Star Trek. This is a different Star Trek. Um, I just wish they would. Well, one one thing that drives me nuts about this show is just how big they make the Enterprise. Because, like, if you remember on Star Trek: Next Generation, the Enterprise D was like a first of its kind. You know, like the Galaxy... Cl- well, it wasn't the first Galaxy class ship, but they were a new new uh, ship, a class of ship that was coming out. So the Enterprise was one of them. And it was huge. You know, like they had these big rooms and, you know, you know the big bridge. And, you know, when Scotty came on for that episode, he, he comments about how big his quarters are, how even an admiral in his day wouldn't have quarters this size. And then you go on to this show... And like everything's huge, like the bridge is huge, the co- you know Pike's office is huge, uh, the engineering section is huge. I mean, it's all CGI, like it's all green screen, and and I keep telling them, like I just I can't get past this. It's like this, you're making the ship way too big. You need to make it smaller, you know, because that was what made the original Enterprise charming was that it felt. Uh, you know, like it was like you're in kind of like a submarine, but a little bit bigger. Um, so, really, that's my only big complaint. Uh, like I said, I love Antimount. I think I'm on like episode five or six now. Um, so, uh, I got into rewatching The X Files. Because um, when we did our Halloween recommendations, I, meant, I, I recommended, uh, or sorry, scary recommendations, I had re- recommended watching. Uh, The monster episodes on the X-Files. So I started uh, watching a few of those. And I was just having such a good time, I kept going with it. So I'm just getting into Season 3. But I'm not watching every episode. I'm just kind of uh, cherry-picking the ones I know are going to be good. Or ones that I haven't seen yet, but have heard they were good. Um... And last but not least, I don't know if you've seen this, Kevin. Uh, there is a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special on Disney Plus.
2: We did watch it. Um, I uh, it was American Thanksgiving on Thursday. I got my Man. I picked up my kid that night, and Guardians went live Friday morning. And we woke up and said, "Oh, are we watching it?" I'm like, let's go. And did you did you like it? We both loved it. Me too. And then uh, my dad called me up later on and said he loved it too. Yeah. And he he looked like he he's he's getting about marveled out for it. Just yeah. There's so much going on and he's having trouble keeping it all straight. Right? Yep. Which I understand. Oh yeah. But um, for he loved the Kevin Bacon part of this. Hmm. And you could tell like. You know, sometimes you see something, and and the actor seems like they're just being talked into it, or they're there for paycheck. Yep. Kevin Bacon looked like he was having an absolute blast yep. the whole time.
1: Oh yeah, I I agree. He he seemed to be enjoying himself. I loved, um, you know, the focus on Mantis um, because yeah, she was in Guardians two, she was in Infinity War, she was in End Game, and then. Thor, Love, and Thunder. But we, she did, she's never really taken any kind of spotlight. Um, so I like that she got the spotlight here. I like, I'm not going to spoil it if anyone listening hasn't watched it yet, but there's a reveal in the special, which I think is awesome. I like that. Yeah, I, I, I was totally cool with that. Yeah. And I, I think everyone did good. Like, you, you don't get as much rocket, you don't get as much, um, Nebula, But, I mean, they were in Endgame, so you saw a lot of them in Endgame. You see more Drax, more um, Mantis. Um, uh, and also, apparently, the Go-Bots are part of the Marvel <laughs> Cinematic Universe. I, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> um, and, yeah, Kevin Bacon was fantastic. I loved... And there is some animation in this. I loved it. I love that. I love that style, like the motion. I forget what they call it. The it's what the the original Hobbit cartoon was based on, where they actually had actors moving and they would. Was, dro-
2: was it rotoscope?
1: Yes, rotoscope. That's what it's called. Yep. Yep. Um. I you know and you get you had yawn, you know Yondu there and I, yeah it it was just it was fun it, it was great um, I I love uh, oh the dog I can't remember the dog's name um, I hope she becomes part of the the guardians in the next movie um, the astronaut dog I think she was fantastic um, and uh, oh Cosmo. Cosmo yeah and uh yeah I just I, honestly I think aside from uh Spider-Man No Way Home I think this is my favorite thing out of phase four from Marvel and it's just like one 45 minute episode and it, and it was fantastic it's everything I wanted in a in a Christmas special I think And it definitely
2: had that Christmas special vibe to it, too. Yes. Yes. Because someone, um, I I was talking at work about, you know, going through Christmas stuff every year, and I I always have my list. Yep. And, you know, the comment someone out there, well, when are you watching Die Hard? And I just rolled my eyes. I said, Die Hard (laughs) is a movie that it takes place at Christmas. It is not a Christmas movie. I might be splitting hairs, but that's... Yeah, you know, there there is a difference. Guardians is a Christmas movie. Yep. Like it, uh, I will probably add it to my yearly Christmas watch. Yep. But just so much fun! Mantis is a delight in the movie. God, she's so good. Yep. Like as as her character evolves, it makes me excited for Guardians three next year. Yep. To me see too. some of this stuff. Yep. Um, great original music too. Yep. The music was hysterical like you used perfectly where it was um the animation spots you're like what's going on okay well you know it's in the past so that's why we're doing it animated but such a good part of the story too Adds so much for it um Kevin bacon just funny they're they're doing oh, God, I, like I don't want to ruin stuff but it's like yeah that's how the world would be. With superheroes being around too. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of this, a lot of this weird shit would still be weird shit and some of it would just be like any other day in, yep. in that version of the world. Yep. Oh, but God, there was so, we were laughing, we we're just having fun, we we're enjoying it. Um, just every bit of it was, oh God, so good. And, and between this and Werewolf by Night, it sounds like Disney plus slash Marvel. Is going to keep they're reevaluating a lot of their projects as this might just be a better one hour thing mini movie on Disney Plus. Yeah, like, I, we-
1: and I I think like I I honestly I still haven't seen Wakanda Forever, but do you think it might have been better had they did the the funeral for for Black Panther as a as a Disney Plus special and then just had the movie focus on you know, the aftermath. Oh, cause no. I'm w- no. Okay. Cause I'm um, just, I'm just wondering if, if going forward, if there is something that they need to establish that might, you know, be a little on in the tooth for a movie, maybe have it as a special leading into the movie.
2: It, okay. With how the death, and funeral was presented in Wakanda Forever, I'll say no. Okay. Because and, and not spoil it for you but ultimately th- that part of the movie that addresses it directly
0: yeah.
2: is not a big part of the movie time-wise. Oh, okay. okay. The ripples and repercussions are the movie but the actual death and funeral aren't okay now if they oh, I don't want to spoil what kind of forever for you though there's a okay there's a different story that could be told in the Marvel universe of the death and funeral and memorial and whatever else for it yeah if they wanted to do that as like an hour-long Disney plus mini movie thing that would make a lot of sense Like, okay, this is Wakanda Forever and this is their story of T'Challa dying. All right, good, fair, makes sense. It's the whole point of the movie and, you know, creates the other points of the movie. But if you want to do a story of like, okay, how are, you know, the kids in the, what was it, Oakland or L.A. Wakanda Youth Center now reacting to this? You know, okay. or or any of them all over the world. Like, if you want to do a story on that, or even, you know, in general, how is the world reacting to one of the Avengers has now died? Yeah,
1: you not know, like what? Yeah, not just one of the Avengers, but one, you know, a world
2: leader. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's definitely a story that could be told from different perspectives. Yeah, for sure. That would be very interesting because, and, and I'll we. You know, whenever you do finally see it, we can bring it up again. Mm-hmm. But um, I do okay, as as much as Wakanda Forever is, I believe, two hours and forty minutes. Yeah. That there, there's so much story. I feel like that's not enough time. Okay. I I feel I feel like it would have benefited from being like two movies: part one and part two, like summer and winter. Or a six-hour Disney Plus re- series. Oh, okay. There's so much that has to be touched on and built upon and and set up and stuff. Legitimately so. That I'm like... It, it, it's, it's a lot while well, watching the movie. But you feel like, geez, if they had more time to do all of this... I think it could have been even better. Yeah,
1: and that, that, and honestly, that's how I felt about the Eternals. I really think the oh, Eter-
2: absolutely,
1: yeah, the Eternals should have been a Disney Plus series. Like, yeah, you might yes. not have got Angelina Jolie or Selma Hayek sign on to do a series, but you definitely could have recast those characters because it's not like they were pivotal to that movie. I mean, their characters were, but them as actresses, I, you know, I think, honestly, it was just star power. Like, they just wanted to attract people to this movie by saying, hey, we have Angelina Jolie, we have Salma Hayek, you know. But it's like, yeah, but I just felt, you know, especially when you're introducing, like, what was it, like 10 different superheroes in, yeah. in a two-and-a-half-hour movie? And it's like, I, and I don't know any of them by the time it's over.
2: You know, no, like, and, and they've been around forever and here's their story throughout human history no if you had if Eternals was like a six episode Disney Plus show and we had four episodes of introducing everyone the mm-hmm. history of them throughout human history yep. their conflict of powers and then the last two episodes are like okay like now you you know everyone you've fallen in love or and hate with them now let's go with you know the actual fight and battle yeah. and conflict here like if eternals had more room to breathe it would have been so much more enjoyable
0: yeah
2: um and and eternals is because I've been having this conversation too um eternals is a thing that when the story is done I will go back on mm. because I feel, I feel like eternals had set so much stuff up and I don't know what it's setting up yet. Yeah. Are any of these characters going to appear again? How are they going to appear again? When? Where? On their own or in a team? Like, I don't know. And whenever that story comes back, I'll probably enjoy it a lot more. Yeah. But right now, I'm like, oh, God. And then, however, though, like Shang-Chi was brand new, a lot to set up and everything. And that movie was a blast. And I absolutely loved it. And I, I know he'll be back. And I don't know when. I don't care. Not that I don't care, but like, you don't have to tell me his future for me to be excited for it. Whenever he's back in a sequel or with some, you know, in a team movie or something, I'll be all for it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, I believe we can call this podcast um but before we go we'll play that little game of where we can find you on the internet so like i said ragnar is at the butter dome this weekend in edmonton so be sure to check him out there um as for myself you can find me here at the pop culture pub podcast network our next episode we got coming up uh is the 2022 chris Lockard christmas special so this is a a podcasting Christmas special that I do every year that I've been podcasting and it's going to be, uh, the theme is questions of Christmas. So I'm going to be doing a round table Q and a with some of our podcasters that'll be joining us. Uh, so that'll be in a couple weeks. Also, Kevin and I are going to be, uh, recording a geek fallout, uh, 2022 comic book year in review. Cause, uh, Kevin and I are are comic book fans. We read comic books regularly. So we're going to just talk about some of the best and some of the worst of 2022 and what we're reading and some of our uh, favorite artists and um, uh, writers and what we're expecting in 2023. And then, fingers crossed, we will hopefully be recording an episode of Trek 171 at the end of December. We have a plan just before New Year's to record an episode uh, where we're going to be discussing Star Trek Voyager. Just a general overview of Voyager before we get into the the season-by-season season breakdowns in 2023. Uh, so, Kevin, where can we find you, sir? All
2: right, you can find me across most of the social medias at Masked Library masslibrary.com is my home blog uh, i also do stuff over at the retro network and a lot of my stuff right now honestly it's christmas time there's so much stuff to do i like i i i, I beat myself up for not doing a whole lot online you know, mm-hmm. during holiday season i'm not doing that anymore there's just too much going on yep you know, you, uh, get the decorations out of storage and go in Christmas shopping, and, you know, it's just, just the fact that it's dark and cold, you know, mm-hmm. most of the time, too. Yep. Like, I, I'm not going to beat myself up over not finding time to sit down and, you know, write about something for a while there. But it's, it's still around. Stuff's not going anywhere. Just, you know, sometimes it's it hibernates. Yep, absolutely.
1: I know um, I just posted something quick to my blog like the other day and that was like the first time since like middle of october that i posted anything um because yeah it's a busy time of year you know but anywho uh so yeah there should be three more episodes hopefully fingers crossed before uh the new year and then early in the new year, we'll discuss, we'll be doing an episode of Pop Culture Pub where we're going to be talking about the best of 2022. Uh, you know, movies, TV shows, all you know, books, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so that is also coming in, in early January. Um, all right. Well, on behalf of myself, Chris Lockhart, and my co-host this evening, Kevin Decent, I want to thank you, dear listener, for taking the time to listen to the Pop Culture Pub podcast. Co- Pulp, bleh, pop culture pub podcast. Um, I think that's the first time I got tongue tied with that. Um, and we will see you again in the not too distant future. Yeah, it's